You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're off. Doom doom doom. Excellent. I love a little percussion to get things rolling. Doom doom doom. Even better. It's incredible. Uh, Ross. Uh, Hi. You just mentioned that your kid was obsessed with a Pilates machine. Yes. She's two. My my better half. Um, we won't reveal her age because she'll punch me. Um, Older than two. A couple years older than two, for sure. A few multiples, but not that many. Yeah, exactly. There are a few factors. Like, if you put the little superscript number above it for a uh, thing, look at that math knowledge and words. Look at that. I haven't done calculus since I was about 16. I've never done calculus. I When I went to university, as you would say, I uh, had tested into pre-calculus for that, and I was like, what does my major require? And they said, college algebra. And I said, that'll be fine. Thank you. <laughs> and so I had to take a college algebra class just to get credit, and they were like, no, 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 you're supposed to go. No, no, no. I'll take algebra. Thank you. They're like, no, but you need, no, 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 no. I will take the class I want. I just need the minimum level of credit, because boy... Math was terrible in high school because of a terrible teacher that I had, and so I was not about to jump in over my head for just one necessary math class. I'm with you. So, yeah, and now I can barely do any math at this point, which is I've, terrible. I've forgotten at my age how to do simple addition and subtraction. It's horrible. I mean, your you iPhone know, hasn't, though. That's the point. That's yeah. the problem. I had Boy, to, we're going off script. I love it when we start like this. Who cares? That's the best. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> if they could see me like lounging on your couch in our matching mint shirts, it's incredible. We look purely masculine today. But yeah, 10 minus 4. And there I am getting my phone's calculator out to make sure the answer is 5. I'll t- <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, the guy can uh, interview and commentate on stuff, but his math skills are all <laughs> Apple-related. Yeah, if there are any more than three goals in a game, I'm struggling to remember. I can't believe that you could even remember to say 60-second minute when it still says 61 up there. That's crazy. It took me a while, actually. It took me a while at the start of my broadcasting career to realize that, pe- that people weren't a minute ahead. <laughs> if somebody scored in minute 21-12, I'm like, why did they say 22 for the goal? It was in minute 21. It took me a, ridiculously. I don't know why I ever thought of this to, uh, too long to figure out why it was actually the 22nd minute, not the 21st. At one point in time, uh, my friend Manly and I, we did a broadcast for Seattle Sounders FC2, and uh, my father texted me midway to go, wow, and you figured it out to say that it's the right minute, even though it doesn't, you know, however he phrased that. And I was like, well, yeah, Dad, I've watched soccer now for a number of years, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a 19-year-old learning it at this point. I'm... 
well into my 30s and have seen more than a thousand soccer games at this point. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for being mock proud of me. But that's but that's the problem is that my whole life, my father, I, I, I missed an opportunity there because my whole life my father would be like, wow, you sound great today. Now, if you just wouldn't do this, <laughs> and I'm like, you could just say you sound great and leave it at that, you jerk. Yeah, so I don't the, need feedback. I just need comforting words at this stage of my life. So the one time he gives me just a great job, then I'm complaining about it on a podcast. So yeah. what a jerk. Good time. That's it. Oh, I had a message to pass on to you. Oh, this sounds oh. good. It's even in your little black book. It must be important. We'll get to that in a second because we were talking about uh, my better half, Pretty Lori, and your child and a fascination with a Pilates machine. Ross, we just bought a Pilates machine. What? For our apartment. Da, da, da. We have a two-bedroom apartment, one bath. It's terrible with cats. That, that combination is tough because... You're a barefoot guy. I'm not as barefoot as often, but in the morning when I get up to go take a shower and the cats have been in and out of the bathroom a hundred times, they leave kitty litter everywhere. So nice. It's like, it's like going to the beach only with shards of little glassy shards on the ground. It's awful. Hmm. Uh, That's kitty litter. Good. Kitty litter's the worst. We've had a cat in the last two days coming up in our yard to our back door trying to get in our house. It's like, hey. What, what do you do? You got any, I, I like you guys. you have any food? Well, that's the point. If we start giving it food, does it then become our cat? Yeah. It just keeps coming back. No, see, it doesn't, because cats are smart, because that cat has a home next door that he gets fed at, but he's yeah. like, you know, I could use some more food right now, and these okay. idiots will probably pay, will probably feed me. Good to know. Good to know. Because, oh, man, the one of our cats, it wakes up, it knows what time I get up, and so it wakes up 20 minutes early, and it gets, you know, okay. Just to uh, piss you uh, off. I'm up, all right, let's scratch some stuff, and... I'm just going to run around now, too. And, whew, well, there's the other cat. I should hit him and get him to fight me. And I'm like, dude, 20 more minutes. Of, it's so early. But he no, he even knows I'm not going to feed him. He just wakes up then and is to like... To annoy you. Maybe he wants to use the Pilates uh, machine. It's not here yet, but it will be. So I'm going to start doing Pilates. I'm going to have Pilates body here pretty soon. Whoa. I mean, you are already ripped like a bronze Adonis. <laughs> yeah, let me tell so, you. What more Did you, you say like Maradona? Is that what you for? just said I was ripped like? Because that guy is not ripped, and that would be more accurate. No, he said... A bronzed Adonis. What is yeah. that? What's an Adonis? Oh, come on. An orthodontist? Like a tooth doctor? Let's leave it at Greek, shall we? Okay. That's, uh, I'm a bronzed Greek. Have I been laying in the sun with my your, like, Pirlo? Your Greek mythology is purely lacking. You spent too much time doing your algebra uh, rather than your Latin. With all my Greek letters in it. I also know that Pirlo is Italian, but I just saw him bronzing himself while everyone's enjoying Euro and he's out in the sunshine at the pool. Getting a nice tan. Might as well. Uh, so what's life. the point of this Pilates machine? I'm just saying we have one coming to the house. Um, so Lori broke her foot. She has a ligament problem in her foot. And we're getting married in September. And so she has. she's obviously wants to be in shape for that, as anyone would. And obviously, I want to be in shape, too. And mm-hmm. so uh, she... I mean... <laughs> she... <sighs> Yeah, she bought herself gonna... a Pilates machine, and uh, you look great. Thank you, thank you. See, there you go. And I'm not even going to complain about it. I'm going to be. I'm not going to let no buts. I'm not going to let you substitute for my father in this instance, there, Ross. <laughs> so I'm going to start doing Pilates at home. Wow. Also, on your own, or is Pretty Lori no, going to help you? She's here? a certified Pilates instructor, and so she'll be the one telling me what to do because I am. When it comes to exercise, I mean, I I test real low on the IQ scale. It's going to be Sergeant Laurie doing yeah. the drills and oh, making man. sure you darn well do them properly. Oh, man. Good news, though, from the athletics front. Go on. If everything works out, I have to make a phone call when we're done here. If everything works out, July 16th, I'm going to test for my yellow belt in karate. Wow. Yeah. I won't be super loud. So moving on up in the karate world, Ross. Is that like... 
I don't know. How many belts in is that? That's one. That's uh, I have the white belt, which is where you start. See, the, which is the high belt. It was. Uh, it, it came with the outfit. That's nice. But still, um, you know, it's like a participation medal, isn't it? So Everyone gets something. You gotta keep your gotta keep your karate gi up. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know. So you tie it up with that or whatever. Now I'm gonna move on to the yellow belt, which is the first rank that you get. Very this, uh, cool. on this journey. What they say is that just in traditional times you would start with a belt and it would be white when you got it, and then throughout time as you went on, the blood and dirt from fighting would turn the belt new colors. Oh. So at first it would be more dirt because you'd be out learning, and at some point it would turn black from the blood of your enemies. So at what point could you certifiably karate beat me up? Which belt do you need for that? <sighs> I'm thinking ye- yellow belt. Oh no, it's scary. How tough are you? You don't you don't strike me as the fighting type. Oh come on, I'm six feet three and about three feet wide. If that, I'm uh three inches wide. It's six foot five. I'm similar to you, only I have a few more beers in here. I think streaky. Yeah, uh, I, I think would... that would be the funniest fight ever. You want to put on some sparring gear and fight? Yeah, no, no. I think that'd Thanks. be hilarious. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd I'd run a mile to be honest. Oh, I'd run with you too. I need the exercise. That's uh. I get real winded at the old karate, man. It's tough. They really they work me hard, man. And all of the, everyone is a like a Western person, and so all of them have hilarious names. Shoutouts to Sensei Megan <laughs> and Anna. Sensei Anna, sorry, Oof, I'm gonna have to do laps for that. Hey, they better not be listening. They'll come and beat you up if you're taking the Mickey out of their names. I know. And then uh, Sensei Cody, he's my uh, he's my one-on-one instructor. So. Sounds like he's from Kyoto. So um, you you do. I mean, Karate, Pilates. Yeah. yeah, you are Mister Exercise right now. Thanks. It, I'm worried as what's going to come next. To be honest, I've, I don't know. Maybe I'll. You're just going to be coming walking around in lycra gear the whole week. I hope I can uh, start crime fighting soon or something. Cycle, cycle everywhere. Fly. Maybe I'll just learn how to fly like an X man. Even better. Yeah. Um, question from Brandon from the internet. He says, Ross, do you have Zika yet? <laughs> oh, hi, Brandon. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Uh, no, thank you. Thankfully, yeah. Uh, I don't try and go to Zika land for another month or so. So we we didn't know if perhaps you were uh, pre pre preparing. Like you're, you seem like a preparation guy. Like you have your like, you know what you're going to talk about. You got your your field mapped out when you're commentating and stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. you got yourself some preliminary Zika, so that way you can relate to the people of Brazil. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, I is that like when you put. And now, no, I'm trying to think of a vaccine. They give you a little bit of the uh, yeah. the disease within the vaccine. Yeah, have you been vaccinated for Zika yet? No, well, there isn't a vaccine for Zika, is there? That's the whole point. Yeah, I feel like you could be the groundbreaker on this. Well, if only I was a scientist and had any kind of skillful knowledge on this. Yeah, yeah. if only economics was a better science. Yeah. It should be, for sure. Well, then, follow-up question. Have you shot any jaguars recently? Oh, I went to the zoo the other day, and it says jaguars are pronounced jag, W-A-H. And in England, it's jaguar, how it's spelt. Jag-war. And I took a photo, because I was totally indignant. And then my American friend went, yeah, it's a jaguar. It's like, oh, dear. What did I, I said jaguar, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm saying it a third way. G- no, you're saying, the same, you're saying it in the American way. But I was I just disgusted at the pronunciation. There's an R on the end for me, though. Yeah, jaguar. So I'm saying jaguar. Yeah. H is an R in pronunciation terms. W O H W A H War. 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 But no, What's I, it really I, I, good I, for? I read that story. Nothing. So in the 
Manaus in, in the Amazon, the Brazilian jungle, God. they have the Olympic torch relay where, like back in 2012 in England, yeah. it, or around the UK, the torch that comes initially from, from Athens, the home of the modern Olympic movement, comes all the way to Brazil, the host country, and they spend probably two months with the torch touring the country, bringing awareness, hopefully getting excitement going yeah. for the Olympic Games. And they then, can pick up some trash on their way. They can pick up some. But then they have um, a flipping wild animal which has been kept caged yeah. in, I think, a zoo, a jaguar, jaguar, <laughs> just parading with the Olympic flame. And funnily enough, once it's untethered, it flips out. Gee, what do you think? Four tranquilizer darts can't keep this jaguar down. And eventually, a military guy who was close by had to shoot it dead with a pistol. Uh, and then the organisers came out and said, oh, yeah, sorry, we probably shouldn't have let uh, an angry, wild, caged animal out in the open with this Olympic flame. More importantly, they said, we won't do it again. I yeah, mean, what, well, is this really? A, are you no, a, <clears throat> Sherlock. Are you a 1980s drug cartel? Do you have just like... <laughs> Wild animals, the big cats to spare. Was the idea that a lion would then carry the torch for the next hundred miles, oh, that's passing a, onto a tiger, just setting everything on fire? Well, that's a novel uh, way to do it. Maybe if you taught the that's when the animals learned to use fire and became our equals. Now we're talking, man. Okay, so you haven't shot any big cats. You don't have Zika. No, I worry about your preparation. Pretty boring, really, isn't it? I should get on with something. Yeah, have you at least done any? Track and or field? Have you... I've not run really very far. I kind of run to chase my daughter down the hill when she's running towards the road. Yeah, right. And when I say stop or freeze, it doesn't work. Then I have to move into a mild jog. Be careful for Jaguars. Yeah. Well, only the British car. Um, <laughs> Around here. But yeah, that's as pretty much as athletic as I've got. Although I do end up in a lot of sand in kids' play areas. I could jump in and pretend I'm doing the long jump. Hey, Opportunity not wasted. There we go. This is all about immersing myself in the okay. world of track and field. When do the summer games begin? Oh, like the 5th, 6th of August. And when you go like two weeks early mm -hmm. to shoot some like stuff around the around the area. Mm -hmm. Will you get to shoot any segments around that big Jesus-looking guy on the top of the hill? The Cristo. Yeah, do you yeah get Christ to, the Redeemer. Do you get to do anything with that? Do you get to, a lot of people will probably want first dibs on that. Selfie, maybe? At I've least. been up there. I went up there, what, two, three years ago? Wow, uh, what? It's the most incredible view in the world. Can anyone get up there? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can hike up. That takes a long time. Mm. You can take a private taxi up, which is just a little bit expensive and unnecessary. Or you can take this little train, which is really cute, Okay. at the base station. And you grab your ticket at the base station, and then it winds slowly up the side of the mountain. This is in Rio, for anyone who doesn't quite, by now, hasn't cottoned on to what we're talking Listen, about. Listen, if you don't know, the Olympics will teach you in just a couple of weeks. Exactly. And then you get to the top, and you walk a little bit around, and then you can walk right under the Christ the Redeemer statue, the Cristo. And you just have the most mesmerizing view of Rio. And Rio has a lot of its own problems, both... Uh, crime and financial and what else, or political sure. right now. But you look at it as a as a landscape, and it is sensational. I think it's probably the most beautiful city I've ever been to, and I've been very lucky to be to a, been to a lot in terms of the views that it offers wow. from certain locations. And the Cristo is definitely one of those. I have zero desire to go to a country where I will. 
where there's a high percentage chance of me being robbed. <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. The idea of going to Brazil and being um, it sucks the like the situations that these people are in that they have to resort to that. But then I watch the news about America, and sometimes I think about what people must say. Like, I would never go there. Like, you can easily be killed by a gun or something like that. I mean, that goes for the rest of the world, doesn't it? And and, and again, having been all around the world, you learn how to control the situation you're in. Look, if somebody wants to rob you, they're going to rob you. You can't stop them acting how they want to act. But you can certainly take mitigating... um, measures so never leave the resort if you're in rio don't wander around on your own at 2 a.m with a big gold chain dangling around your neck holding your iphone out and showing everybody how how you've got this expensive piece of equipment on you so you know it's like anywhere just be sensible minimize your risks okay and chances are you'll be okay how long would you spend if you were going to vacation to Rio? What's the? Well, I've got a long and boring story here, and I'll sh- I'll shorten it. We were <laughs> two and a half years ago. We we were, we were going on vacation to Brazil, and we decided we'd have five days in Rio. That's probably enough for any city, really. Okay. Um, even with the beaches, we could have stayed longer, but we thought we'd have five days in Rio. So we're going for two and a half weeks. Then we do five days in the interior. We get a flight into Campo Grande, which is about three or four or five hour flight inland wow and that's we, we we were walking in swamps with snakes all around us no and that was a real retreat where um they served you the most rancid mints which had clearly gone off a month ago but they just salted it to high heaven to uh, try and disguise the flavor i thought you said mints like a after Beef dinner mints. mints no yeah like no mints. that's probably a marginal like kind a pie. of okay yeah. dinner you probably wouldn't be able to survive just on breath mints um <laughs> we hardly survived the food the game is there and then we spent a week in, in, in an island paradise called florianopolis so we thought five days on rio it's, you know, it's probably a good amount of time we could do a bit more but by the time we land and get acclimatized and all that kind of stuff we're acclimated then it'll be cool except we ended up spending two days in houston the broiling cesspit that is houston because a certain flight um company yeah. airline managed to help us miss our connection and then the next day we turned up again and they said oh so there's a fault with the plane we're gonna have to wait another day to go to rio so instead of having five days in rio we had three days in rio and two days (sighs) hanging out in an airport hotel in houston so i'm excited to go back and actually see some more of the city which not houston rio which do you dislike more after telling this story houston or frisco texas (laughs) the answer is just texas i think it's, Just lump them all together. It's, I'll give Texas one thing. They're all pretty indignant about being from, like, about the, what people think about them being from Texas. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with Texas, Ross. I mean, I'm not, I'm not having a knock on the people there, because I'm sure there's some lovely people. Of course, I'm generalizing, though. But really, Houston <laughs> or Rio, which are you going to choose on yeah, any given on. Sunday? Um yeah, I'd, Rio, after seeing just, a, just the other day pictures of it from the hotel looking up at uh, Jesus up there hanging out. Um, it looks incredible that it's in that like cove there, or it's like a bay, I guess technically, and it's, mm-hmm. it looks incredible along the beach like that. So yeah, maybe someday. Yeah, I mean you can see the the big lagoa, um, the big lake, which is near Ipanema, Lago. And Leblon, which are the really upmarket parts of, of Rio. And you can see Sugarloaf Mountain, which is another iconic mountain around near Guanabara Bay and down towards Copacabana. Cool. And it's and then you can see also a gigantic bridge, which leads to another neighborhood, which is probably about 15 miles as the crow flies. And just shimmering ocean 
outside of it. Just an incredible vista, an incredible vista. So if you ever get a chance, definitely do that, people. Rumor has it that once Lionel Messi kicked a place kick right across the bay, right into the net. <laughs> and the guy's incredible. He's the best in the world. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him, particularly having seen him perform against the U.S., in that Copper America semi-final. Oh my goodness. Now, wow. Now, question. Did you expect the U.S. to have a better or worse or that deficit at the end of the match? Well, I predicted 6 or 7 nil okay. for Argentina. Um, and you've got to remember, that's just a, my analysis of things. A, having seen Chile dismantle Mexico. So that's a South American team dismantling the best in North America. Yeah. Then this again, Argentina against the US is exactly the same, South against North. Semi-final of a, of a major international tournament, but the US missing three key guys through suspension, Jones, Bedoya, Wood. Argentina really ramping up through the tournament and looking very good, conceding the odd goal, but against uh, an American attack that only really had Dempsey on board for being true firepower in the international sphere you could see Argentina bossing that game so I didn't have great expectations 4-0 I think was actually a canter for Argentina if they wanted to put their foot on the throat of the US they could easily have done so but even after half an hour Argentina 1-0 up were very happy just to keep ball and knock the ball around there were moments in that first half where the central defenders and fullbacks were putting their foot on the ball, on the halfway line, standing still for four or five seconds, and no American player coming to them. Such was the mess that was the the U.S. approach. It was... Now, I understand that it is a a team that is missing a few players, like you said, due to suspension. But, I mean, come on, man. Is it... Do you think it's more a... Do you think it's more a factor that it's the height of this game it's the it's the scope rather of the game that like oh we have to play Messi and Argentina the best team in the world or is it just that they couldn't get on the same page together was it the pressure or was it the preparation it's a combination of factors I think the approach was wrong from the US they gave the Argentina team too much respect but they gave them too much respect because they knew they were a significantly superior side to them U.S. is once in a blue moon going to beat Argentina in a competitive international game. And with it being the semi-final of Copa America, which is alongside the Euros, the biggest soccer tournament in the world behind the World Cup, Argentina were always going to bring their A game. And that made it incredibly difficult for the U.S. So a combination of factors, really. But no one on that U.S. team could say, hand on heart, that they played well. Argentina's individuals certainly did, and they were a much better team. So it's it's all of those things, I think. And the U.S. never really had a chance. And it's probably wise to, to talk about expectations at this point, because coming into it, the U.S. making the semifinals on its own was a terrific achievement. Yeah. And the U.S. should be proud of that that they got as far justifiably as they could in the tournament. They knew they wouldn't be able to beat an Argentina on their day, or a Chile on their day, or even a Colombia on their day, having lost to them in the opening game in their group stage. Argentina's expectations also were to win the darn thing, and they're well on the way to doing it, having put themselves firmly in the final. So US fans shouldn't be too disheartened if you've got rational expectations. It just then comes down to the long-term question of how does the US become on a par 
with Argentina and we flip it back to the age-old question of youth development, which I know we've kind of banged on about yeah, a couple, lots and lots. A couple casts ago specifically just saying that like you can't necessarily cut off the head by getting rid of Jürgen at this minute because he is working a youth development system and he set up a great one in Germany and now they're a world top five. like mm-hmm. yeah, the, the world champions. The yeah. world champions from the World Cup. and um, you, I mean, I know that it, currently it's Argentina, Belgium are the top two. Yeah, I never pay too much attention to world rankings because Belgium came in with a, to the Euros with an incredible array of individual talent and they're not a team. <laughs> yeah, they're no but- Hungary, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, amazing result for them earlier, by the way. Uh, you've got to look at the world rankings to some degree, but Argentina are clearly an excellent, excellent side. The US just happened to run up against Lionel Messi in his prime, incredible free kick for their second goal against the States, and they were always doing damage limitation. What a god-awful crap goal that they gave up for the first one three minutes in though Guzan just flat-footed caught between two minds looked like the pressure had really rattled his brain a little bit there I've, I feel like if they would have had a warm-up 10 minutes and then started the game for real it would have been super beneficial to the U.S. and that's one of my areas of concern for the U.S. going forwards now like Guzan's only what 31 he's still got a long time in goal if he wants to yeah. for the U.S. but I don't think he's quite of the standard of Tim Howard, Casey Keller, Brad Friedel of the past 20 years when the US has never really had to worry about the quality of their goalkeeping. I know she left out Tony Miola in that. Uh, Tony, yeah, Miola Tony Miola in 1994, wow. And he was a solid guy. But the US moving forwards, I think they'll stick with Gazan. They have to. Sure. But the thing for them is, beyond Guzan, they don't have an outstanding successor. And that's something, as I said, over the last 20 years, they've never had to worry about, even throwing Marcus Hanneman into the mix there. So it's a real worry for me, not only where the, the whole of their their um, development is going and what path the US is taking, but in the, 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 the shorter term, where the next quality goalkeeper is going to come from, let let alone where the pipeline is going to come from for the next 20, 30, 40 years. What do you think about the third place game? I know we don't know who, at the time of recording this, if it's going to be... Uh, yeah, who cares? Third place games are always a mess. I, I don't care for it specifically because it's so uninteresting and like a bunch of guys are going to not want to play so they can get back to their regular squads and not be beat up. You want? I don't want Clint Dempsey getting hurt in the third place match and then missing a month with the Sounders. Plus, typically, the third place game is an excuse for the coaches to use as a kind of a thank you almost those matches to play the other guys who've been riding the pine, who have not been playing at all, who've been on the bench. Because, let's face it, it's not like the Olympics. You're not going to get a bronze medal. And the players who've just played in that semi-final are so deflated. The third-place game is in- entirely meaningless to them psychologically. Sure. Having only a couple of days had that big, big push and then seen them lose. So they don't want to play what is what is effectively a nonsense game. So third-place games, you know, don't pay too much attention to them because nobody ever really tries to go and win those matches. That's too bad. Uh, the other tournament that's going on right now is uh, Euro 2016, and like I was already joking about, Hungary taking that that group is awesome. Yesterday, watching Croatia uh, sneak out a win like that and take the over uh, Spain and take that group is incredible as well. Who do you uh, who do you like for the rest of the 
I know you were you were talking about Iceland here a few minutes ago oh. before we started. Yeah, Iceland are going to play England in the last sixteen. And being an Englishman, <laughs> can't wait for Monday because it won't be an easy game. Iceland, country of three hundred and twenty-five thousand people, half of Seattle. The small, yeah, and then the greater Seattle. It's like a tenth. Um, the smallest nation to ever make the European finals. Perfect. Okay, they've expanded the tournament, but. They've just found this incredible formula. Go and have a look up on Roger Bennett, one of the men in Blazers, has done a nice little 12-minute documentary on the rise of Iceland for Vice Sports. Good little watch. and It gives you a bit of context behind Iceland's rise. And they were expected to do nothing, really, at the tournament, having not even expected to qualify. And then they go and win 2-1 against Austria in injury time to qualify second in their group ahead of Portugal... Remember Portugal with Cristiano Ronaldo to face England. But you've got to go to uh, Telegraph Football on Twitter, at Tele, T-E-L-E Football, because they they, they tweeted out, and we're talking now Wednesday lunchtime, if you want to time reference it. I'll I'll, I'll post it. Yeah, the commentary of Iceland's winning goal from the Icelandic commentator, and it is a thing of beauty. It is just iconic commentary for how into it the Icelandic guy is. I don't need to say much more, but let's just say he's he's already lost his voice and then he has to kick into passion mode times 100 and it is quite the audio treat. That Twitter again? At Tele Football. T-E-L-E Football. Got it. Okay, got that down because that's fantastic. Do you have uh, you got a couple favourites you think for Euro? Oh yeah, Germany still. I think Germany will be, be, be solid. Spain, if they can try and find that formula up front they had a couple of hiccups i think spain's gonna crumble i don't think they got it this year i think that it's uh their i think their time has come and gone well we'll see okay they've been a quality outfit for so many years yeah i don't think they'll give up the fight easily having established that recent dominance but you know it's a tournament anything can happen we've been talking there about it Iceland getting through to the last 16. We talked about the US getting into the semi-finals of the Copa America. Anything can happen, and that's the, the wonderful point of tournament soccer. And there's, I mean, there's still a power. Obviously, Spain is still, you know, highly regarded. But I just and Jose Iniesta is still playing, so you've always got a chance when he's on the field. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, okay, so back home now. We haven't talked about this in a month. I feel like the Sounders. The, the Sounders. Yeah. It's almost been the forgotten team. Well, I mean, they're not exactly giving everyone anything to get excited about right now. The, the performance is not what you would, especially when you're watching world-quality athletes figuring it out together as a team with limited practice time and limited time on the pitch together. They've what these guys have all been together now for a month, right? They with a couple of weeks of practice leading in, and then these, yeah, and yeah, then give or take, yeah. yeah. So maybe three weeks or something like mm-hmm. that. And you're already starting to see the quality combine and come together. And so you come back to MLS, and you it's very obvious that there's a drop-off in quality. And as that's fine. It's a developing league. It's coming up. But then the Sounders just riding the bottom of the Western Conference and not being able to turn out against well, sometimes quality teams like the, uh, uh, like the Red Bulls over the weekend. That was a thing that, yeah, you're going to have a difference in quality. Of course you are. Sure, but you've got to give people a reason to be entertained, and the, and the Sounders right now, ninth out of ten in the West, they've played fewer games than pretty much everybody in that division, but they're not winning matches. They had enough chances to take something from that Red Bulls game, 
They had some really good chances, but it all comes back to selling over Femi Martins because nobody stuck any of those good chances away. Aaron Kovar came in and didn't finish, having not finished in the previous game. Jordan Morris missed with a very good header, pulled a save out of the keeper, but should have done much better and had other opportunities. And while Everziggy Schmidt says, look, we're still creating opportunities, it doesn't matter because you haven't got the quality of player who's finishing those chances off. And that was, again, the case in point at New York, who play a very high, fast-pressing game. But if you can break that press, as the Sounders did very well on occasions, you can create big chances because New York, having pressed higher up the field, leave themselves more exposed at the back. And that's exactly how the Sounders work their, their system. And until that second goal went in, they, they were more than competitive. But they're not getting the results. And so you've had, as you say, a three-game East Coast road swing in between two weeks off. Also, because of the, the Copper America tournament, Euros are on right now. Who's interested in the Sounders? Of course, a lot of people are. Of but course. they're not building themselves towards the playoffs. They're not building fan interest because they're not winning games. It's going to be a long summer, I fear, for the Sounders. You want to wait... You want to get Dempsey back. You want him to be firing on all cylinders. You'll need him to be firing on all cylinders and play like he's been playing for the U.S. national team. I think you could see quite clearly during the Copa America, Dempsey played out of his skin yeah. until that Argentina semi-final when every U.S. player was disappointing. But I'd love to see Dempsey play to the level for the Sounders that he did with the U.S. team. I don't think we've seen that this season. So how are they going to get him to do that? That's a big, big question for me moving forwards. Seattle ninth in the Western Conference on 14 games, holding 16 points. I got to tell you, Real Salt Lake, though, 14 games played, that's two or three fewer, or one to three fewer than other uh, teams up there. Third place. So it's uh same number of games played. Record does not show off the same way. Um, in the East, though, NYCFC, 16 games played, uh, up in third place. So there's a, a big chance to maybe turn, shift that power a little bit, playing at home, having a team come all the way from the East Coast and play effectively what is breakfast soccer on Saturday at 2 our time. But oh, I guess it would be 5 their time, so never mind. I take that back. But then you've got the – I mean, there's such an enigma, NYCFC. Horrible first season, big spending team. Will Pirlo show up and play? Will he play on turf? Frank Lampard, having been injured for most of his year and a half with the team. And then there are other players around them. David Villa, terrific, leading the league in goals. He's certainly shown up to play again, the, the former Spain international. But on any given day, they could be terrible, NYCFC. They lost 7-0 to New York Red Bulls a, a few weeks ago in the Hudson River Derby. So this is a great opportunity for the Sounders at home to get a morale-boosting victory, but they've got to stick their chances away. Why didn't we keep the grass from Copa? Why didn't you just keep it? Just keep the grass. You already installed it. Just keep it for like a, a month, for a little while, for when these guys that are like huge names from New York who refuse to play on turf, just keep the freaking grass. It would have been another week, 10 days, I guess, that you would have had to hold on to it. It's so maddening. It drives me bananas. If you were playing uh, NFL football indoors or, strangely, baseball indoors in Tampa, I sort of, I guess, get it because you're still sliding on the dirt part for the most part. But 
it's Seattle in the summer. Oh, it drives me crazy, Ross. Dri- uh. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. It's the big uh, Pride match, which will be fun. There'll be a rainbow of color at the uh, at CenturyLink Field this this uh, this Saturday. 2 p.m. is kickoff. Uh, it's also Super Sports Saturday, so expect drunken text messages from me. This could get messy. Uh, 